This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival, returning Sunday, October the 2nd. Whether you're chasing family fun and fitness or a new personal best, there's distances for all ages and abilities. Run past the city's most loved landmarks and finish on the hollowed turf of the MCG. It's your city, it's your run. Register now to secure your spot at melbournemarathon.com.au. Welcome to episode number 252 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you this week. This agenda for the weekly show is absolutely packed. We've got uh, the Australian Cross Country results, Luzanne Diamond League to talk about, got a few domestic races to talk about, and it feels like there were um, ultra trail races, 100K races, Comrade races, all happening on the one weekend. So it's going to be an action-packed show. Hopefully have two special guests joining us throughout the episode as well, so that should be good. And uh, yeah, we'll do most of the other things we do on this podcast each and every week. Welcome to my co-host, Bradley Croker up in Canberra. How are you going? Very well. Thanks, Brady. Yourself? Yeah, going well. Thanks, Croaks, for a Monday night. Looking forward to talking running with you for the next hour and a bit. And my other co-host, Julian Spence, Dan Anglesey. How are you going? Um, I'm not going great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had a rough 24 hours, to be honest, but I'm, uh, I'm on the good side of a a virus so i'm back here i didn't think i would make tonight really but uh since midday today i've i've improved yeah things you do for the show and it is a big show with um ernie old a bit of a product review later on a melbourne marathon segment this week kicking off as well so we definitely needed you on board this week so i'm glad you're here i'm here you're here, you've had a few viruses this year, haven't you? Food poisoning, gastros, oh mate, they, old flus, COVIDs, that gotcha. Everyone warned me daycare would destroy the household. <laughs> oh, have you started? Yeah, okay. No, no it's it, every like so. Friday, we had to pick Pia up from daycare because she got her eyes wiped a few times by the um by the carers or the workers. And there's a rule that if you have to clear their eyes three times, they have to go home because. She's got conjunctivitis and it's contagious. So that's the next one to re- to appear. Um, at the same time, yeah, I got this virus where I've just been on like seriously into the bathroom twice every, I'm going to say twice every half an hour, probably for a 20-hour period outside some sleep. And, yeah, just dehydrated me and it puts you in a really down energy mood and, but I've, I've got some food in today, which is good. It's good that you're part of the club, Moose, because I feel like this is how Brady and I were a couple of years ago while you were living the life over in St. Moritz and Boulder. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, wait till you have kids, Moose. Yeah. <laughs> now, here I, you are. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I actually think back and think, how the hell did, I, did we do those things? Like, they were the days. 
<laughs> they were the days, weren't they, where you could just pick up and go, you know, I'm going to Europe for six weeks. They certainly were. Well, boys, let's uh, recap our weeks because we do have a special guest joining us in about 25 minutes. So, Croaks, I might throw to you first. Uh, okay. It. Yep. So, hour on Monday, um, 4.13s. Then treadmill session on Tuesday afternoon after work. Um, so I mixed it up a little bit. I did 10 by three minutes with one minute rest. Haven't uh, haven't done three minute reps on the treadmill before. So um, yeah, it was fun. I set the treadmill at 18 and a half K an hour, which is three fifteens. Um, so yeah, it was pretty good session, like in that sort of comfortably hard zone. Um, and then Wednesday went out in the afternoon um, because yeah, we had both of our kids have got hand, foot and mouth disease from daycare, which meant that? That, Can you ex- I've heard a bit about this, but I, I don't know what it is. So they break out in like blisters all over their body, oh, like their, their mouth, their hands, their feet. Um, yeah. And so obviously, so Collis got it on like Monday and then Lily had it a couple of days later. So they weren't able to go to daycare um, for like a week. So hopefully they can go back uh, starting tomorrow. So yeah, hasn't been that much fun. Pretty um, common. You'll get yeah, that in a couple of weeks, Moose. <laughs> yeah, it's been through the household before. I reckon, yeah. I reckon you just end daycare now. <laughs> I remember thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is not worth us going. Nah, but once you get through it. that, like, yeah, once you get through a couple of months, it just the kids stop picking up stuff. Yeah. So, but the positive is that uh, Viv and I both avoided it. So, um, yeah, anyway, I went out in the afternoon. Um, I did two hours or just like two hours and two minutes and 30, like 30K, so 403s. Um, felt really strong. Um, didn't, you know, need any nutrition or anything like that. Felt like I could keep going. Uh, Thursday was my sort of 45-minute run, 414s out at Mulligan's. Uh, and then Friday did a double. So I did uh, seven and a half K in the morning at 4.15s. And then that afternoon, I <laughs> I was going to jump on the treadmill again. I thought, oh, I need to, like I've done, I have not done one session outside since Gold Coast Marathon. And so I thought, all right, I'll go and do like a, a, an undulating tempo on this like 2.6K loop that I've never run on before. Actually, I ran a loop of it on the Wednesday run just to, just to check it out because I've never run the loop before. It's to one of the park run courses here. And um, yeah, like I like underestimated this. Like it's not super, like, you know, I ran 6K and it had 70, just over 70 meters of elevation, but it was just a tricky little circuit where there was just no place to get into a rhythm. And I also find that once, if, if you're not used to, if you're not used to a certain session, it can really catch up on you. So examples for me, it's like, if I haven't done Deke's quarters for a long time, the first time I do it, I'm like, Oh, this is a shock to the system or monofart, like something like that. So, um, yeah, I did a 6k tempo. I, I originally planned to go longer than this, but I got to like 4k and I'm like, Oh, I'm working pretty hard here. I'm, I'm better off just pulling the pin early. Um, so I go and average 162 for the, for the, uh, 6k average 320s um took about four or five minutes and then decided to do some 30 second reps on the flat section of the loop and the 30 second reps felt awesome um felt real poppy doing that um but yeah it's a it just goes to show I'd, i've sort of been in my comfort zone just doing these treadmill sessions so um this was definitely the hardest session i've done since gold coast and um yeah it'll probably bring me up a little bit i think um so then Saturday did an hour in the morning, 4.13s, and then jumped on the treadmill 
um, after the Raiders had a win, did 30 minutes uh, at 13K an hour, which is about 4.37s. And then Sunday did two and a half hours, which, um, yeah, like three quarters was mulligans and then um, a quarter on sort of the bike paths. So 36.7K at 4.05s for a week of 156. So uh, I'm going to have a down week now. I'm um, a little bit tired. I've had, I look back, so my last three weeks, for Wednesdays, I've averaged just over 28K for the last three Wednesdays, and I've averaged uh, about 35.5K on the Sundays. So I think that's three three solid weeks of like, you know, good two, two good long runs each week. So I'm going to have a down week this week and then get back onto this sort of month cycle that I've mapped out next week. Yeah, that's smart. It's a strong week. Yeah, strong strong week. Week. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like the long stuff. I'm feeling really good. Like two, like, like I remember now. Like I'm going through the two hour mark of a two and a two hour thirty long run, and like I feel like I'm full of running. Whereas when two hours was my long run, I'd get to like an hour forty five often, and I'd be looking forward to finishing it two hours. So that's a good sign. I probably just need to sharpen up a little bit. Like that that hilly tempo definitely was a shock to the system. So I need to. Need to do a few more shorter, sharper sessions uh, and and over heels as well. Yeah, I'm just trying to check what the gap was on that run, but you don't pay for your Strava, so you can't see it. You know, you can see like the pace. Oh, which one for the hilly tempo? Yeah, what pace uh, did you actually average? I averaged four twenty one. Oh, sorry, three twenty one for the six k, and it's got a, what 12, 12 meters of elevation per kilometer. So I don't know where that fits into Moose's scale. It's, well, you know, funny you mentioned that because I did a um, I did an undulating tempo on um, Wednesday this week. So how far did you go? I did six k. Oh, okay. Well, um, I did ten and at one hundred thirteen. So mine was eleven point three. Um, eleven point three meters per yeah. k. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, yours was what? Uh, about 12. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mine wasn't, I, I wouldn't have called it that hilly, but. I said, what I found, what I found hard on this one was like, like Mulligans has about the same elevation when I do it, but it's, th- there's sections where you're running like good sections where you're running up a hill for like you know, a few minutes. Then there's sections where you're running on the flat. And I find those ones are easier to find a rhythm. Whereas this one, it was real, like a pitchy hill, then a, down, then a real steep downhill, a few turns. So you never had that rhythm. So although it doesn't look that hilly, it was just like, it was just a tough, tough little loop. Plus I just haven't, I haven't done this sort of stuff for a while. They're not easy workouts. Hilly it's hard tempos. To, yeah. It's hard to just hard to gauge your effort like initially um and it's really i find it really hard to keep my heart rate under control on those sort of things especially when i haven't been training on them so but yeah it was a good starting point and something i want to do more of that's good mm. moose gave us a bit of a teaser tell us about the rest of your week oh yeah well i i had a day off on monday and then on tuesday just went out for 9k jog uh before work wednesday i thought i would do a sort of undulating tempo like we said i thought i'd go 10k just around town and went over some, just went around the streets, like a lot of asphalt in here. Uh, I actually got a bit of a sore knee towards the end. Um, just felt like it started to really lock up, like I couldn't extend it. And so it was quite painful actually in the cool down. Uh, 
uh, during the, the workout was 338s and um, what was my heart rate? I had, I had heart rate on, so I didn't, I tried to not let it get up too high. Um, 163, uh, 163 average. So I was going for about marathon heart rate. So I reckon I was probably pretty close. Um, but yeah, the knee pulled up rough. So the next day it was still pretty stiff and, and sore. So I, I didn't run, um, had it off. And then I had, I actually had Thursday, Friday off. And then Saturday, I just went out for 20 minutes um, to test it and it was okay. Uh, and then Saturday lunchtime, that's when I started to get feel a bit sick. So I went home from work early, um, had a big sleep. Sunday morning, I was okay. So I, I drove in, we, we hosted a, like a long run for Geelong runners for, around the river um, for just preparing for Melbourne Marathon, put out some tables, um, Morton, they actually provided some gels for the guys on course so people could practice because Morton are a sponsor of Melbourne Marathon this year and they're going to have gels on course. Um, so I, I went out, got in there early, set the tables up and then joined in for a lap. So it was a 10K lap and added a bit on. It felt okay, but then I got sick that afternoon, um, like proper sick, I reckon. And so I... I, I just didn't run today. So all up, I, geez, maybe like 35K or something last week. Um, not not great, but sometimes you get them. The knee's mm. on the improve, uh, so I don't really mind too much. I think I'm going to skip Burnley next week. I don't think that's a good idea, which is yeah. a shame, but not a smart call. Not a smart idea. No, <laughs> no, it would be dumb. It would be dumb. So, yeah, that was not a great week, but let's build back. Yeah, on the better side of it now, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You'll be right to build back. Yeah, that's yep. good. How are the cats looking though for Burnley? Uh, pretty Still good. Be strong, I mean, weren't they? Yeah. We're a, we're a distance team. Um, so we, we're not going to, we're going to need some points before we get to the tan because that's not great. That's not great hunting ground for the cats. So well, the, we've got a few Melbourne Marathon runners actually who use this as a good hit out. So it sort of works in our favour. There'll be a bit of that going on, I think. Yeah, it always is. It's sort of perfectly timed. Yeah, um, I, haven't, I haven't ran it for, I think, five or six years. So I, um, I'm looking forward to getting there and seeing You missed people. 2019. You missed the uh, the generous I, year. I did. That was when Hudson was due to be born and I missed uh, that one and didn't go. Hey, that's the one. You, you would have run 62 that day. <laughs> yeah, some fast times coming out of that day. Hopefully it's short again. Looking forward to running a nice. Well, it's not certified, <laughs> is it? So you can't say it's a PB. I will, though. I'll put it in my Instagram bio this Sunday. Yeah, this got Sunday. To get it in it the happens. bio. No one's checking the bios, mate. Exactly. I know my F don't look at that, do they? Craig, <laughs> uh, something on you, though, before I move on to my week. Did you see the news that Japan is relaxing their um, or extending their like tourist numbers? Or something like that. Uh, I saw, yeah, I haven't really looked into it. I saw hey, the Patreon supporters but... are looking into it. Yeah, there's some good stuff coming in. I think uh, no, uh, no emails or anything. Didn't didn't get anything sorted during the week. No entries don't open till mid September. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's no developments on that front for Fukuoka. No. All right, fellas. Monday, sixty minutes. Um, Four thirty-fives. 7K in the afternoon, Monday, 4.31s. 
Tuesday did seven by a mile at 3.15k pace off 60 seconds uh, slow jog. Archie did five by 1,400, so he was there for the first, most of the first, um, well, yeah, 1,400 of the of the 1,600, and then um, jogged back with him, and then we did the next one together, which was nice to have some company for a training session. I've said it heaps of times. I just love that 3.15 pace. I just enjoy doing workouts at that pace. I feel like it's very... Um, similar to threshold feel or like 60 minute race pace when I'm, when I'm fresh, but this is obviously early in the morning and tired. So um, yeah, I just love training at that pace on a Tuesday. It's a bit of one of my staples. I uh, got out for an easy half an hour in the afternoon on the Tuesday, Wednesday did an hour and 10 in the morning. Got a comment from you here, Croaks on my Strava saying I was a few minutes short of my two hours for a Wednesday. <laughs> because I uh, moved that to the Thursday. So it's easier for me because I work Wednesdays. I have to go super early if I want to do two hours. Um, and I don't I work from home on Thursday. So I did that on Thursday at uh, 9.35, which was very late for me to be out running. But my mum came over to look after the two kids so I could duck out for two hours. Did 29K, average 407s. Um, yeah, got rolling towards the end, a couple of four, sub four minute K. So I was feeling pretty good. And just nice to be in the warmer weather. Like I just wore shorts and a singlet. I can't remember the last time I had just had a singlet on for a run, but definitely a bit warmer at 9.30 than it is um, 6.30, 7am. So quite enjoyed that run. Then got out for an hour and 10 minutes on Friday morning. The uh, Moama Beach Boys is underwater, flooded. A bit of water's coming through the town at the moment. So Got to keep an eye on that. All the houseboats and stuff are being pushed out. People have got to get a get on a boat to get to their boat at the moment. So got to watch that in the next couple of weeks to see if the town's going to, um, you know, if it's going to get over the levee banks and stuff. So that'd be quite interesting. So I noticed that on my Friday morning run, Friday afternoon, 35 minutes. And then Saturday, met up with past interviewee, patron supporter, Michael Marantelli, AFL boundary umpire. Stall gift sash owner, about 10, I think he's got of those things. He was in town. He had the week off the AFL, obviously. The whole AFL had the weekend off before they hit finals. So he was um, in town and we met up and we did seven by two minutes, kind of hovering around three-minute K pace, off a minute jog. It was good training with him. I don't think I've ever done a workout with Marantelli before. So um, raced him plenty of times, but it was good to actually do a training session with him. Did a bit of a longer cool down because I just, you know, when people come to your town and you want to show them your local trails, do you guys get that feeling? No? Yes? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Same. I'm like playing the warm-up. I'm like, okay, I want to show him this area where we always warm up, but then the cool down, I end up taking him for like 6.7K just because I'm like, I'll show him this bit out here and show him this little track that I get to run on all the time. So, um, yeah, showed him that one. Got out for half an hour on. (laughs) Sure, he was stoked with that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like, why the hell is this cool down going for 28 minutes? That's what I think he was thinking. So um Brady, Brady chasing miles, junk miles. Chasing miles for the week, which which is why I got out for another 30 minutes in the afternoon, croaks at 428. And then uh two and a half hours yesterday, Sunday morning. So this was 36.9k. Um, we had Paddy Stowe in town, one of the river bats who's based in Aubrey. So um he spent a bit of time in Chukamoama and he came back for a physio conference. So um, he stayed in the little studio at the back of my place. And then he had to start at 5.30. So he did an hour and then I met him at 6.30 and we did half an hour together. And then Glenn met us at seven because he was just doing two hours. And then Archie met us at 7.30 because he was just doing 90 minutes. So um, 
it was one of those ones, you know, when you're meeting someone, they're already an hour into a run, so they're already like warmed up and rolling. So like my first K with Patty, I was struggling. And then we met Glenn and he's like straight into a 405K. And it didn't seem to bother Archie. I think it's a youth thing. He just jumped straight into a 405K. No worries at all. So it was good to um, yeah spend some time with, yeah, four boys or three boys throughout that uh, long run. It meant just a little, a lot of little loops, though, like a little out and backs and stuff, just so we could be back at the meeting point for the next person to jump in. But same you, Croaks, two and a half hours now is just, as you said, going through two hours, you're just like, yep, normal, still got half an hour to go. Just really trying to make that two and a half hours like default. And um, yeah, we, we were rolling like average four sevens, but it didn't feel like we are ever kind of pushing the pace or anything like that. So that was a week of 184K, enjoyed being home. Um, that's kind of like my last training week before I'm going to race Burnley half marathon, obviously this week. And then I'm going to have yeah seven to 10 days pretty light before I start building for Valencia. So yeah, looking forward to putting a close on this season on Sunday and um, booked my flights and accommodation to Valencia yeah, during the week and everything's kind of rolling there. So looking forward to, um, yeah, getting Who on the road. Who with? Uh, Qatar Airlines. Oh, Qatar. Yeah, stop at Doha. When do you head over? What day do you leave? Going to leave the Sunday before. So I'll arrive in Spain on the Monday, about Monday lunchtime, which would give me, yeah, um, five, six nights before the race, which I think would be think would be enough. It usually takes me two or three nights to get on their time, time zone. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, come straight home. I think fly out of Madrid on the Monday at lunchtime to get home Tuesday, I think Tuesday night, Melbourne time, and then back to work on the Wednesday. So, yeah, be no European holiday afterwards, back to back to the grind. But it's all, yeah, starting to come together. Cool. Hey, um, Brady, I got a question. Like, you basically, like, roll five double days a week, like week in, week out. And, like, I was thinking about it, because like I'm pretty tall, like I probably max out at two to three. And because if I, I reckon if I was to do five doubles a week, week in, week out, I'd get to the point where I'd like actually not enjoy running. Like, do you find like that many doubles a week does feel like a chore sometimes? Especially, like, it's not like you're a full-time athlete. Like you've got so much other stuff going on. Yeah, I think it just built into the routine crooks. Like it's probably most times I actually probably do six because I only do five now because I've got that um midweek run out to two hours. But there were weeks there when I was doing like an hour 45, an hour 50, and I'd actually do a double on that day as well. But um no, nah, it's just like, you know, I, I finish work and I drive to the this little car park that's like a K from work, and I just get out of the car and do my second half an hour run. And then I just feel it's that good separation before coming home as well. Um, so it's just so embedded into my routine and my lifestyle that I don't really think about it or get sick of it. And just, I think I'd, I'd miss it if I didn't do it. Um, so yeah, that answer your question. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I'd be, I don't know. It would honestly feel weird going straight home from work and not going for that second run. Um, because yeah, it's just, and I think sometimes, yeah, as I said, it separates work from home life. And even when I do work from home, I just feel like I've been sitting on a computer the whole day and I need to get out for that second half an hour just to clear my head and stuff. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, that's it there. Anyway, should we quickly thank some Patreon supporters? Um, we'll go through this and then we'll quickly go on to the Australian Cross Country Champs because then hopefully we might have someone that was at that race uh, ready to go. Kick us off, Brad. Kate, all, yeah. all girls tonight, all women. 
Yeah, I've got Kate Haywood um, from Arrawarra Headland in New South Wales. Uh, it was run 19.20 at the Kingscliff Park Run, 38.35 for a 10K and 85 minutes for the half marathon, um, which was at Gold Coast and 3.03 at the Melbourne Marathon in 2017. She's a dedicated and passionate distance runner, rider and mum. She's been coaching for RMA for four years and Kate is an accredited coach and level two intermediate recreational running coach. So that's Running Mums Australia, isn't it, RMA? Yeah. I didn't know they had a coaching uh, thing yeah, either. So. So I wonder if she's related to uh, Jake Haywood, the guy who – did he, Jake Haywood get bronze at the European Champs for the UK? Not sure. Did I he? Think it's a, I think it's the same spelling for the surname, yeah. I fully miss the European Champs, like – I just missed it was on. Anyway, anyway, thanks for your support, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Who you got, Moose? I have Jamie Ratchinger. Um, so Jamie's run 12.05 for 100 metres, 20.39 for 200. Moose, this is a 3K, 5K. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was thinking that's pretty fast. Around yeah. 2039. <laughs> when have we ever talked about 100, 200 meter times on this show? Thank you, patrons. I, I didn't recognize that when I was looking at it. I'm like 1205, 20. It's like 100, 200, or 43. Yeah, <laughs> pretty fast 400 guy, girl. Sorry. Um, anyway, Jamie, let's go back to her 3K. She's run 1205. Uh, 5K, she's run 2039. 10K, 43, 43. Half marathon, 137, and she ran 337 at the 2020 Cadbury Marathon. Uh, perhaps ran Christchurch in 2019 and is a member of the Newcastle Flyers. Newcastle or Newcastle? Newcastle. Newcastle Flyers. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Jamie. Good. They're, they're pretty work. strong up there too, aren't they, Newcastle? There's a couple of different clubs up there. They're the big ones, though, the Flyers. Uh, I think it's Newcastle Runners as well. Who's that's the one, the one Scotty Westcott runs for? Yeah, I think he's uh, – that's Scotty Westcott's Newcastle Runners, I think. Okay. What, he's got the – he's the president or something of the club? No, because they have their – they got the N – I think they've got NR on their singlet. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing it stands for – and I think um, – Guy Walters. Guy Walters on that one too, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good-looking singlet, actually. So is the Flyers, though. Some good they, kid out there. Are they New South Dave Wales Robbo's? Teams? I think Dave Robbo's with the Flyers. That's I've right. Seen, I've seen him in that kit before. Mm. So and JK would got uh, got silver actually at the European Champs behind Jakob. So okay. before the, all those UK people write in and say I got it wrong. Zoe Delaney, I'm going to be thanking you from Q in Victoria. 2044 for 5K, 4205 for 10, 134 at Melbourne Half Marathon, and 321 at the Melbourne Marathon last year. She runs for uh, the ladies' team in Division 1 at the Collingwood Harriers. They're sitting in fifth position on the ladder, so having a pretty good season in 2022. Maybe has two kids, maybe is a Richmond supporter in the AFL as well. So, uh, Zoe, a massive thank you to you for your Patreon support and all the legends over there over on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. Good time to be a Patreon supporter at the moment. Uh, Road to Berlin with Christian from Norway kicked off last week. That was a bit of a a surprise. That goes out on a Wednesday evening. You get the show as an early release every week. So it comes to you Monday night instead of Wednesday morning. 
Uh, some friends of the show coming up. I'm interviewing Ali Pashley tomorrow morning. So some people will get access to that on Patreon. And about 100, I think it's about 120 other bonus episodes over the years on there as well. So heaps of running content if that's what you want and it's a good way to support independent running content like us here at the Inside Running Podcast. Anything else to say there, boys, before we move on to the Australian cross-country champs? Why should anyone join Patreon? Well, I actually enjoyed the listen the other day that you um, with Christian. It's so he's so good, isn't he? It was something else. It was something else. <laughs> he didn't say that in the interview, though, did he? No, he held himself back a few times, I reckon. How good his knowledge about like the years De Costello was there, and like yeah, he just pulls out facts. Oh, I've enjoyed learning about Norway. Like yeah, you know, it'd how it go, wouldn't it? The access to the tracks over there and how they have to pay, you know, X amount of percentage tax. And yeah, I'm excited for the big fella too. I reckon he's going to have a good race at Berlin. I like um, that he keeps learning as well. Like, mm. you know, he admitted that, and we commented on this, like maybe a bit behind his back that, you know, during his track season, like he's doing these like, like super quick sessions, like probably running them a bit too hard. Um, and then obviously didn't race that well on the track. So he's, um, yeah, he's, he's aware of, I think, aware of his past mistakes and always tries to improve on them. Mm, yeah, and it's a fascinating, like, way of, um, you know, training. Like, I just enjoy listening to a different way to train because we're very similar over here in Australia, so it's a bit different to that as well. So that's going to be a seven-week series, and I'm looking to have some uh, some guests come and join us on that panel as we go, a few other potential people who may be doing Berlin or it's just some people who can pop up and um, ask Christian some questions. You boys will be asked to host a few weeks leading in as well. So I look forward to hearing you guys on the mic as well. The Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival returns Sunday, October 2nd. Australia's largest running festival will see athletes of all ages, abilities and experience levels taking part in six distances, each finishing with a lap of the iconic MCG. Events include the Nike Melbourne Marathon, Nike Wheelchair Marathon, Nike Half Marathon, Sri Lankan Airlines 10km Run, 180 Nutrition 5km Run, and the 3km Walk. Whether you're embarking on your first marathon, looking to smash a personal best, or are simply chasing family fun, there's a place for everyone at the start line. Register now to secure your spot at melbournemarathon.com.au. Anyway, boys, run and news. The big story of the week here in Australia was the Australian Cross Country Championships. They happened in Adelaide. It looked super, super muddy over there. Uh, Croaks, do you want to read through the men's results? And then I might just do some work in the background here to see if we can get a guest from the men's race into the show. So do you want to quickly read through the results for me? Yeah, so in the men's, uh, Seth O'Donnell from Victoria, he won in 32-19. Riley Cox was second from South Australia in 32-33 and Ed Goddard, New South Wales was third in 32-35. So um, from, I guess, our tipping competition, there probably weren't too many people that would have picked Seth to win, but he's had a, a great season and is obviously one to watch um, you know, over the next few months and years. He's definitely on, on the rise. I remember last week I picked him. I said, watch out for Seth. Mm. We were saying off air, like the good thing about cross country is like there, there wouldn't be too many years where – an Australian cross country championship, well, especially not in the last 20 years has been running conditions like that. And it probably does um, 
you know, it, it makes it a bit more unpredictable. Whereas if, you know, if that was on a dead flat, um, super fast course, then maybe the results may have been different, but it definitely opens up, um, for, you know, some upsets, which, um, yeah, it was a good run from Seth. Well, boys, I think I've got him here now, Seth O'Donnell, if you can hear us. Uh, welcome to the Inside Running Podcast, and thank you for giving up some time on your Monday evening to talk to us and, um, yeah, tell us all things about the cross-country championships and congratulations on your first Australian title. No worries. No, thanks, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No, no worries at all. Can you give us some intel into how the race panned out first? The, um, you know, obviously no live stream. Athletics Australia did a pretty poor job of doing any um, kind of live comments or anything like that around it. So tell us what happened in the actual race first, mate. Yeah, look, I think it was uh, get, getting to the, the race course on the day and checking it out the day before. I knew it was going to be quite slow given that um, Adelaide had had a bit of rain recently and the, it was it was quite muddy and thick underfoot. So no one sort of went out too quick to begin with. So it was sort of a, a, a big lead pack of sort of 10 to 10 to 15. And then from there, just um, progressively got a little bit faster. And I saw some photos. You were kind of like, you definitely weren't at the front, like pushing the pace early on. You kind of sat back early. Yeah, that's right. So I'll probably... Uh, came through around about in between eighth and tenth after the first lap. Um, just thought throughout the week I'd had a look at some videos for, for inspiration. And I think particularly uh, one that Sean, my coach, Sean Williams and I looked at uh, was uh, 2019 World Champs. And we watched, uh, I think it was uh, Chip guy who took out the win there and, and watched how well he sort of paced that coming through pretty comfortably after the first lap, but sort of backed himself in to, to pick up the pace and get the job done afterwards. And, and I sort of suppose that's what I tried to do on Saturday. And then when did you hit the front? Like how far into the race? Probably around about start of the third lap or midway through the third lap. I was um, just sort of slowly but surely increasing the pace and, and the effort and um, just sort of, taking note of how the other boys around me were feeling and then trying to um, yeah use that to my advantage to make a call and when when on when I should go so yeah so around about uh, it would have been about six to six and a half k's in I reckon that stage and broke them yeah. and then could you could you enjoy the last couple of k's when you're out in front or you kind of were just pushing all the way through the line no not at all so I'm big on not looking back so I'll, I'll never quite sure where I am in, in the pack. Um, so I knew the, there was a couple of different boys that were, were, were chasing me. So I thought um, probably the third of the fifth lap, it was mainly Goddard who was pushing me, but then um, Liam Adams made a, a late charge as well. So uh, I, did, I, I thought I started to feel pretty confident when I got to six Ks in, but I wasn't sure I was going to win it really till the, last 100 metres or so. And what does it mean, Seth, to win it? Like, you know, it was, you talked about Liam Adams, Ed Goddard, Andy Buchanan was there, Andre Waring, um, Riley Cox, um, Isaac Heen, like Matty Clark. Like, it was a very good quality field and you um, you toppled them all. Yeah, so definitely look up to a lot of those guys. Um, we see Andy's the king across country and, and also... Got a lot of admiration for how Liam Adams goes about it. So um, take a lot of pride in 
taken up to to the big guys, but I think more so internally, setting setting themselves the goal. I, I went there with the intention to win, and I was able to do it. So I think that was probably uh, the most satisfaction that I can take out of it in terms of um, you know set, setting the standard for myself and then able to get it be able to get it done was pretty special. You talked about. You go, Croaks. I've got his questions here. You go. I could be doing this all night. Um, Firstly, congratulations. Have you run in mud that thick before? And did you think those conditions would suit you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I used to run in those conditions every week on a footy field. So definitely reckon that that probably played a role. Um, Yeah, so not necessarily in training, but. uh, I don't know whether my football background sort of helped out with that, but uh, there was no doubt that I loved enjoying um, going through the mud. It was good fun. Seth, what you um, we you've sort of come on the scene maybe last track season. We, you started to sort of turn some heads with how brave you raced and some performances that um, stood out. Uh, did I somehow miss you coming through the ranks or are you relatively new to running? Yeah, so, yeah, fairly new. Um, I picked up running start of 2020, um, but before that I was just, uh, you know, playing footy. So my dream was to play AFL, but I, I never sort of was in the right place at the right time. I was pre- pretty good, but I wasn't able to um, achieve that that dream, but sort of towards the end of my high school years, I used to just do the cross-country meets for a bit of fun. And, um, yeah, so I definitely had a bit of talent there, but I, I never really put too much effort into training for it. I was mainly sort of just focused on training with my footy and the fitness from that sort of carried over to some good cross-country performances when I was at high school. And then from there, um, I was sort of looked at from a few coaches and Gavin Barron, picked me up and said I should come down and train with him. And that was sort of the start of 2020. And I was like, oh, no, I'm more into my footy, whatnot. And then footy training um, finished up for, for the year over a Christmas break. So I thought I've got nothing else better to do. So I might as well just train with Gav for a bit and then sort of um, took off from there. I've never looked back. Yeah, yeah, wow. And I think there's early days as well, Seth. One of my trading partners is the same age as you, and he said you'd used to do the cross-country races in um, footy boots, like you just put the put the pumas on or whatever and just go around the course. Is that true? Yeah, that's right, um, particularly at Bundura at a, at a state cross-country cross country there because I'd remember I'd go to the regional rounds and all the boys are in their spikes, and I was like, well, I've got a pair of those, so I might as well bring my footy boots along. So. <laughs> And you are only 21, so it's, it's very exciting that you've come onto the scene so quick. And I wanted to ask you about the tactics. Like, I got a first-hand look at it at um, the Bendigo cross-country round and the Cruden Farm cross-country race where you were very aggressive and off the front kind of thing, and it didn't work both those days. I think you finished um, third and third both those days. And then Bandura for the state championships, you obviously had done work with Sean around tactics and stuff, and you were much more... Um, patient early and then come home strong to win the race like was that a conversation or were you guys watching tapes and stuff then as well to kind of change your tactics slightly yeah it's a good point I think I think it's a bit of both I think I was I can be a little bit reckless on that on that side of things but I also think it's a good strength of mine in terms of being aggressive and not being intimidated by the opponents that I come up against so I don't want to lose that 
Um, and I, I sort of think my performances at Bandura and at um, in, in Adelaide were sort of credit to that in, in that I wasn't sitting on someone for the entire race still. I still sort of stuck to my own guns and, and my own strengths and that I, I believe that uh, when the time is right, I can lead the race and, and break the runners around me. So I think it's just finding that balance. And I, with ex more experience, I'll figure out my niche and, and get it a little bit better. So hopefully I can continue to run well in the future. And I'm sure you've got this question plenty of times, but obviously the uh, the World Cross Country Championships are coming to Australia next year. There's a trial race in January. Um, how excited are you? And I, I suppose that's going to be a massive focus now going forward. Yeah, it's really exciting, and that's something that I definitely want to be a part of. But, um, yeah, sort of now probably just going to focus on the next couple of weeks of training and uh, finish out the cross-country season with AV and sort of take it one step at a time, I suppose. But that's definitely something that I've got on the bucket list that I want to achieve. Yeah, it's going to be exciting watching uh, how that all works there. Uh, and one more I've got here, Seth, it's like we've seen you around, we've seen the way you race, that e aggressive nature. We've seen the mullet, obviously. It looks good in the photos and it's pretty, um, you know, a good way to identify yourself. But but Seth, the person, I was doing some research today. I hope I've got this right. Big Hawthorne fan, um, plays and pretty good at playing the drums, college captain of your high school. And also, do you volunteer for 12 hours a week at the Salvation Army, helping out and like sorting and transporting donations? Have I got all those things right? Yeah, oh, cl close, get, getting there. So, yeah, I did, I did that for a while. I've had to um, slow down a little bit now with my studies. I'm studying physiotherapy at the moment, but still like to keep in touch with the, the Salvos. But, yeah, no, I'm pretty um, big into my drumming as well for real fun, so. Yeah, just like keep myself busy with doing lots of different things that I enjoy. So, yeah, it's good fun. There's plenty going on. And the final one for me, obviously, uh, Mentone. You talked about the AV season. You guys are looking like you're going to win Division 2. Um, any, like, I guess, excitement levels going into Premier Division next year? And um, you're happy at Mentone? Not not looking at a, you know, the other club you could possibly join? Can't get you over to the bats for next year? Yeah, I was going to say, if I'm for a position for the bats, not quite. No, I'm very, very happy at Mentone and we've got a really special culture with the people that we've got. I think um, Kerner's, uh, the Strava King, is someone who I admire greatly and I've loved sort of training with him over the last 18 months or so. And um, I think we're building something special, but we're going to keep a lid on it because we've still got a few more rounds to go. And um with a few quality runners out of our side that we would have had early in the year, we've still got to make sure that we um, show up and do, and do our best to get the job done. So the goal is obviously to get to Premier Division and hopefully in a few weeks' time um, we'll be able to achieve that. So no, you'll be fine, I think. you got a nice lead there. You guys will be fine over the last two rounds. Any more questions for him, boys, before we let him go? Oh, just, um, cur oh, yeah. just, just curious how you... Um, came to be coached by Sean Williams and, and how long that's been and, and sort of what mileage do you do each week? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, it was actually through some footy contacts. Um, I've done a few work, uh, a bit of bit of work with the Footy Academy and um, the, the, the boss of that put me in contact with, with Sean and, yeah, so the rest is sort of history there. So... Uh, very grateful for the opportunity that I was, I was given through that and 
really loving my time with Sean. Um, and yeah, so mileage is probably on the on the higher side. I think that's something that that works works for me. So yeah. So a hundred miles, one sixty a week. Oh, I don't know. It changes from week to week, period to period. So yeah, I don't know. I couldn't couldn't really put a number on it exactly. But yeah. Yeah, I know Sean. Sean likes his mileage. He's had some. He's had some good success over the years. Yeah, yeah. So not really happy with Sean. So it's going going well at the moment. And Moose. Yeah, Seth. The uh, transition from footy to running. Um, You've, you've done so well. Do you kind of think, fuck, this is easy. These blokes aren't even good at their own sport coming across from footy like that? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, there's lots of, lots of people I look up to and take, take, take good admiration from. As I said, like, um, I'm learning a lot from my, from my teammates. Obviously, being new to running, so I've, I've got a lot to learn. So um, I think... I'm blessed with a, a bit of talent with the sport, but uh, no, I never take it for granted, that's for sure. Well, we got to consider you've come from starting running mid-2020 to national cross-country champion in the yeah, Open. It's crazy, isn't it? In two years. <laughs> like, that's unheard of. Surely that's unheard of. I was, I was sharing the story, Seth. Me and you raced near each other at um, Lardner Park last year. And on this very podcast, I remember saying to you boys, I was in this pack and there was a guy in a yellow singlet that had a massive mullet. I got no idea who he was, but he was really good. He beat all of us. And then and that was you. Like it's um, and you were a complete unknown to me. This is probably 16, 18 months ago. And to Moose's point, you've improved so much in such a small period of time. And obviously now the Australian cross country champion. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, look, I'm really proud of what I've been able to achieve in the last 18 months. But as I said, I've, I've got a long way to go. So um, lots to learn and lots of training to get under my belt. Um, so I'll keep at it and hopefully I can achieve my dreams moving forward. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks for your time for the Inside Runner podcast tonight. And, um, yeah, listeners, mark that name down. It's going to be an exciting name to follow in the next years to come, I'm sure. Thanks, Seth, and good luck at Burnley Half Marathon on the weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, Seth. We will quickly just touch on, um, we, do we talk about Riley Cox and Edgar over second and third, which I thought that was a big upset from Riley as well to get second in that race. So um, that was pretty impressive. Um, and then women's race croaks. Do you want to quickly talk about that? And then I might see if I can get the women's winner in the conversation as well. Yeah, so I think initially there was a, a pack of three, um, Georgia Hansen, Leanne Pompiani, and Caitlin Adams. And then probably halfway through the race, that broke into two. And then uh, Georgia was was too strong. So Georgia Hansen got the win, 37.01. Leanne was second, 37.23. And Caitlin Adams from South Australia was third in 37.33. It says so much about... Um... That Vic strength, doesn't it? We can take credit for this, can't we, Moose, down here in Victoria? Yeah, oh, I do think so. I think a lot of people, a lot of people outside Victoria, underestimate the strength of the AV cross country, um, and also the difficulty of the courses we have here, because you've got Seth and Georgia who are coming into these races with four or five strong cross country performances already. Uh, against top competition, like they're they're hitting these races prime and and um, conditioned to hard racing, 
Whereas just I wonder if you get the same competition elsewhere, whether you, you really practiced coming into the race, like say Riley Cox, how many hard cross country courses are there in South Australia? I mean, I know this one was in Adelaide, but how many times do they race on courses like that? Yeah. yeah. But it's always been a, but it's a massive culture thing. Like, you know, your winter season, like your winter season and series down there is so strong. Like you only got to look at the results page of how many teams there are. No other state has that, which, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. Like that's been ingrained in that state for years and years and years. Um, and I just, I just don't know whether like South Australia have improved a lot over the last like five to 10 years in terms of how strong they are as a state. But I don't know if any state will ever get like Victoria in terms of how like strong they are at their winter season. Well, we've got the women's winner here, Georgia Hansen. Congratulations on winning the Australian cross country title on the weekend. Hey guys, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries at all. Thanks for giving up some time on your Monday night. We uh, we just heard from Seth actually, and he kind of gave us the play by play of how the men's race went. We didn't see much of the women's race. We did have uh, Jess Stenson on the ground sending us through some photos as the race went. But can you give us a bit of a recount of how things panned out? Yeah, of course. Well, um, as you do already know that it was five two k laps, so plenty. Um, Plenty of laps to get comfortable there and play, like really good spec good for the spectators, I'd say. But um the race, um, first off, it was quite surprising that Izzy didn't show up on the line. So we'll all be like, oh, where's Izzy? Um, not really sure what was going on there. But I um, had to focus on I was just more focused on the actual race itself and trying to actually get through the 10Ks, five grueling laps. I was a bit um daunting. So um, especially in those sorts of conditions. Um, but yeah, I actually really love the mud. So um, I was actually really looking forward to getting out there, getting my spikes all dirty and really just enjoying it like a game kind of cross country. You kind of just got to embrace it, you know, um, take it in its stride and not really think about times or paces or anything like that. Cause as you know, cross country is so every every course is so different with um is he not there did your attention move to leanne was that your other big threat you thought um no actually i didn't really think about anyone else in the race to be honest only leanne probably when it was just us two um in the third and fourth and fifth lap um because at the start there was quite a big bunch of us and then it kind of actually did quickly break away into me Leanne and Caitlin um and then I think Caitlin fell over I'm not 100% sure but mm. according to um Jess Tre- Stenson sorry not Trengrove mm. I, apparently she fell over yeah that's what we heard as well and then <laughs> did I think I read somewhere I saw an interview like you were starting to even miscount the laps towards the end like you were pretty tired yeah well it's so confusing because you are so tired and five laps it I know it's not that much but in my head I always get so confused and so in the third lap like have I done three laps or four laps and I was not sure but they actually had a bell which was so helpful <laughs> <laughs> and then how like proud of you of this achievement like it would we just kind of said the same thing to, to, about Seth like you've kind of come on the scene um, I suppose this year we've kind of started talking about you at the AV cross-country stuff and now you're now you're a national champion 
Yeah, I know. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I can't really believe it. Yeah, it's still pinch myself. Well, can you do it? Oh, go, Crokes. You're going to ask the same thing, I reckon. So I'm actually on your (laughs) World Athletics profile now, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of races between 800 and and 3K. So were you surprised at how strong you are over that sort of distance in those really heavy conditions? Yeah, of course. Um, I did not think that I was capable of 10Ks. Um, yeah, so I guess I've been doing all the other cross countries. I did uh, St. Anne's or Cruden, whichever one's 12K. I did that one. Um, so I knew that I could do it, but against those ladies, I did not think I'd do that well, especially since like they're all half marathon 10K specialists. And me being a little 1500 3k specialist, yeah. You Crazy. um, was there a reason that you sat out at Bandura? Why I sat out, yeah. Um, yeah, I was overseas, so I, I was over in Europe, so I wasn't actually in Australia at that time. That, that's a pretty good reason. You ran an 849 3k, I think, overseas, and uh, was that a 1540 ish 5k? Oh yeah, we shouldn't talk about the 5k. That was absolutely horrible. I went through the 3k in sub nine, so never okay. done a 5k before. So I learned it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, probably won't do one in a hurry again now. No, definitely not. But then now my coaches have seen me do a 10k. They're like, oh, now you can do the 5k again. I'm like, no, probably not. <laughs> and who is looking after you coaching wise? Um, so I'm being looked after Steve Nailinghouse. He's my main coach, but also uh, Peter Fortune. So I've got two very, very wise men, um, yeah, like organising my program and training during the week. So, yeah, it's good. Certainly do. And then um, what's next? Like will, you, will we see you on the roads? I'm thinking like City to Bay back in Adelaide, the Australian road racing champs, anything maybe at Melbourne Marathon Festival. Um, obviously this 10k distance is suiting you will we see more road racing come up yeah potentially I, I mean it's really fun I've always liked those road races um, I've always just done the Melbourne Marathon when I was younger just for pure enjoyment but to actually step up and race I guess that's a different story but yeah I've been approached by both so um, have got those as options um, but whether I take them we'll just see how my body's holding up at the time I guess Mm. and um, World Cross Country Trials in Jan. That's got to be on the radar now, now that you're the national champ. Yeah, well, I think it kind of has to be, doesn't it, <laughs> unfortunately? Well, you kind of you start the conversation by saying, oh, it was just fun and it was muddy and I just wanted to make it a game, but then you're like, I'm not really a 10K runner, but then you become the national champ. Like I think you've got this interesting mix of like nothing to lose, so you just go out there and win races. Yeah, pretty much. I think just being, not having much in my, what's the word, on my resume at the moment, um, it kind of does give me that opportunity to just really um, try to prove it to myself. That's the main thing. Um, I do lack a bit of confidence sometimes when it comes to races. So definitely the weekend was a huge confidence booster and it gives me more, like makes me really excited for what's to come in the future. So yeah, regardless of what distance it is. Can you just summarise, like, what are the last four or five years looked like for you? Um, I know after that Bendigo result, I remember talking to Nathan Pierce, and I'm like, oh, Georgia Hansen's running well. And he's like, she's really underrated. Like, people should know more about her. But, like, have you been at college or injured or what's been the story the last three or four years? 
Um, well, I went to World Unis um, in 2019, um, but I, was, I got injured just before I left. So I made the final, but I came last in the final. Um, and then um, I came back and had to do the whole cortisone rehab. But then I guess for the past two years, I've just been putting in a really, really good base of training. Um and I think that's really paying dividends now when I start to come do more races, um, especially, well, especially now, like post-COVID um, and actually being able to travel and go and do races overseas. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I did have the unfortunate um, double, I don't know what to call it, but in the um, Tokyo trials, I was clipped in the last lap. So I was sitting fourth or something and then got clipped by Jen. In, or I don't know if it actually was. I, Jen said it was her, but I don't know, um, in the last lap. So hit the ground um, really hard in the 1500 final for Tokyo. And then a couple of weeks late, or then a week later, I did the tan race. Um where I came second behind Lyndon. So that was also a really big surprise. And then a week later, I did the Australian 3K champs and I got hit again. Me and Izzy Batdoyle both went down. So I think I've just had this unfortunate series of events happen to me and they really kind of hit my confidence levels a bit in the past year. So um, didn't do the domestic season on the track this year, but started off with cross country. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be exciting summer then here domestically. Name to watch listeners. Any more questions, <laughs> boys, before we uh, let it go? Oh, just what do you do outside of running? Are you are still studying or are you working? Yeah, I'm working now. So I work at Deloitte, which is a big uh, one of the big four accounting firms. So currently working there and doing my um, CA to become a fully qualified, they say, professional accountant. So, yeah. Oh. Same as you, Croaks. Croaks is a qualified accountant. Well, no, no, no. So I just did the I did the undergrad bit. I didn't go and do my CPA or CA. That was the next step, but I just couldn't be bothered putting in that amount of work. Yeah, I know it's a bit it's a bit laborious, but it's it works well with running because it means I can have the downtime and yeah. especially now work from home, I can fit everything in, and it's not a really taxing on my body job. Just mm. playing with numbers, Moose. Any more questions? Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, no, that, that was my question actually. What, what do you do? But... What footy team do you marry for Georgia? We asked Seth. <laughs> I go for the cats. Good. <laughs> good. Is that good? Is that not so it's good? very good? <laughs> oh, glad to hear. Thanks, actually, Julian. <laughs> actually, I got one, I got one more for you, Georgia. That overseas yeah. trip, is that like, that was your, other than racing like world unis, that was your first sort of experience running on the international circuit. Um, and what were you happy with how it went and like, what were you trying to get out of that trip? Yeah. So I was actually really happy with that trip. It was mainly an experience trip. Um, I was meant to go to Flagstaff, Arizona in 2020, but then COVID happened. So I never got to go. So I've always wanted to go and do either an altitude or race overseas. Um, so I kind of took it half holiday, half racing, which I'm not sure um, if you meant to do it that way. But I went over with Claudia Carter, who's um, Stewie's, Stewie's girlfriend, um, and we just went and did some races over there. So it was such a good experience and definitely makes me want to do more races and um, 
training blocks over there and take them a bit more seriously. Mm. Very good. Well, Georgia, thanks for your time for the Inside Rain podcast. We appreciate you giving up um, a bit of time on your Monday evening and well done again. Hopefully that result sinks in soon and you can, uh, yeah, celebrate it. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Georgia. Thanks, Georgia. All right, boys, talk about some more running news. Croaks, Luzan Diamond League, some big Australian performances there. Luzan, is that a, I thought it was Lasan. What did Lusanne? I say? Luzan, Lasan. You both would said it, it the same. Well, that's what I thought. Wouldn't be <laughs> trusting my <laughs> pronunciation anyway. Well, I've got a story about this. I was very, very disappointed with uh, Fox Sports. So, oh, yeah. I, yeah, so I um, tuned, like basically re- like pre-recorded it like I always do. Knew it was going to be on at like 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. And Saturday was my birthday. So I thought, beautiful, I will get up. Uh, Viv will make me a coffee. I'll be able to sit on the couch and watch the Diamond League. We turn it on um, and then there's women's golf. I'm like, okay, must be the end of the women's golf. We'll just fast forward five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, get into like 50 minutes and it's still women's golf. And it, so the athletics came on an hour into the recording. By that stage, I'd missed the 1500, missed the women's 3K. So the only thing that I watched that I wanted to, well, I didn't even really want to watch it, but it was the men's um, 3K steeple. So I missed all the, I missed all the races that I wanted to watch. So No, but there's something in that, though, because I went on to my dad's Foxtel account and it had like an hour like replay of it. And the women's 3K and the men's 1500 weren't in the hour recap. Yeah, I know, because they just basically replayed what they got through the feed, which was, yeah, the golf, like because the golf was for the first hour. So when the golf went longer, they didn't actually, weren't hit and record on the actual meet. Yeah, so Uh, it's very disappointing. Yeah, haven't seen any footage. So I haven't seen these races, but I was delighted to see that Stewie had run 330.18 to finish third um, behind Jakob and was it uh, Kipsang? Yeah, yeah, he tried to keep saying in the straight. There wasn't much between them. I thought, I thought you rarely see Stewie take people with like 40, 50 meters to go, but he was trying to take Kip saying. Mm. So yeah, um, so it's great to see that Stewie's back. Uh Ollie Hoare uh wasn't his greatest run. He ran 337.41 to finish 12th. But I think we talk about this every year that post the major championships it's always a bit hit and miss for athletes like trying to get themselves up after you know they've maybe medaled at a championship like Jakob obviously has medaled at at multiple championships and can still get himself up but um yeah individual athletes I guess react a little little bit different in in the the latter stage of the season so he always been injured though I think he's had a little niggle yeah, I did hear on his podcast that he was getting treatment for ITB, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, it, the race was won in 329.05, which, um, yeah, is a world lead. Yeah. So yeah, that's men, men's 15. Yep. Uh, so, Jess, but like, this is the second fastest of all time, right? Stewie McSween. It's, it's, yeah. So he's second fastest and third fastest. Cause I think, um, oh, I think Ollie Gregson. ran Gregson slightly. Or Ollie? No, Ollie, Ollie ran slightly faster at Com Games. Yeah, so that's an epic turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, epic I mean, turnaround. He was running. Th- he was running in the three forties. Yeah, the start of the season. No, like three forty seven, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then so. he got a bit better. A bit of a yo-yo, wasn't it? Like he was on the climb and then got a bit sick and was down and then yeah, come back up again. Mm, must have been hard for him to watch Com Games. 
330.12, Ollie Hoare. Yeah. What did what did he run? 330.18. Yeah, yeah, so Ollie's just got that second fastest time. Mm. But he's back, yeah. which is awesome, well, awesome to see. And it's not a bad time to be coming back. Like Diamond League final will be coming up soon. There'll be a couple more Diamond League races. You think like just cash in a bit, Stewie, at the end of the season here, where a few guys are tired and he's he's peaking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we had another Aussie in the women's 3K, Jess Hull. She finished 11th in 841.52. Um, and the, yeah, and so the Diamond League now we've got um Brussels uh next week, which I believe Stewie is doing the 5k at Brussels. I, was, yeah. I saw something on his Instagram, maybe Christian was telling me too that Brett Robinson's doing the hour, they got an hour race there, mm, okay. Which yep. um, that would be interesting. Imagine running an hour in spikes. I guess it'll be after the Aussie record. I think Deeks, I think Deeks got the Aussie record for at the hour track race. It's twenty k. It's twenty k and six hundred meters or something. Oh, Farah did it last year, didn't he? Didn't he break a European record? It's a, it's a weird event. Mm, yeah. Twenty four days. Someone did it. Wore the wrong shoes. Sandro Moen, maybe. Oh yeah. Sandro Moen wore Vaporflies and it was can. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I haven't got the. Um, oh, there's a concert on afterwards after the eight hundreds. They haven't got fields out yet, mm. but that's be something to talk about next week. Because, yeah, that's wrapping up. A couple left there. I wonder if they do the stuff in the street again. Remember last year, the Diamond League final? They had the track on the on out in the, the streets. Yeah, I hope I hope not. I think we spoke about it. I, was, I wasn't a massive fan of that. Yeah. Like, you know, especially, like, I think we spoke about, okay, if you're going to do something like that, do it mid-season. Don't do that for the final when everyone's been running 5K on a proper track all season. Yeah. <laughs> Couple more results to whiz through here, fellas, because I want to get to this uh, Ernie Old review and Melbourne Marathon stuff. So, a bit of a quick fire results from around the country. You're going to kick things off, Moose, with the um, bridge to Brisbane up in Brisbane. Yes. So, Liam Burden, he won uh, the men's 28.52. He's beaten Jack Bruce by seven seconds. And Alex Harvey was third in 30.35. In the ladies, pretty. Packed field here. Cassie Fien won actually 33 15, and she's knocked off Brielle Erbacher, who ran 34 flat, and then Cara Fien Ryan was third. So, what three Aussie reps in there? Yeah, um, in the two top from three the world champs, two stable chasers there, yeah. And then, um, and then Cassie, who's been on what world half or something back in the day, I reckon. Yeah, I think she did that year, so, was really wet, yeah, Poland, um, something like that. Can't remember. Jimmy Hansen, he broke the Australian park run record, had issues traveling to the uh, Australian cross country champ. So he wanted to use the fitness and have a hit out at park run instead. Ran 13.53 down in the Launceston. Mm. Uh, took Jude Thomas's park run record of 14.02. Uh, also, the world 100K champs run in Berlin. They were won by a Japanese athlete, Haraki Okayama. He ran 6.12, which is 3.44 pace. So that's a buddy quick pace for 100K. Uh, best Australian there was Dion Finocchiaro. He was in 21st. He ran 6.48, which is 4.05 pace. Um, women's, that was won by Florine Hot of France. She ran 7.04, which is 4.15 average pace. And Michelle McAdam was the best Australian in 33rd in 8.09. 
And the other bit of uh, longer distance news was the Comrades Marathon over in South Africa. Up, no, down here, 89K. I've got that right, haven't I, Moose? You had your boy, Ash Watson, doing this one. Was it down? Uh, it was down. It was a down, down year. Down, down year. year, yep. So it's still, it's still the same distance, isn't it? They don't change the start and finish points? No. Okay. That was won by a, a guy called Teti Dijana. He won. He averaged 341 pace for the um, 89 case. That was five hours 30. He uh, beat his teammate and defending champion, champion Edward Mathabi by over three minutes. Best Australian was Wayne Spires. He was in 22nd. I talked about him about four months ago when he was winning like Townsville Marathon and then a Brisbane Marathon back-to-back weeks. And, um, yeah, Ash Watson, friend of the show, he was in 94th. Um, so I think going by Strava, not a good day, and he was pretty happy to get to the finish line. Moose, do you know any more? Um, yeah, quads cooked. So he said, but 5Ks, quads were killing him. So 5K in? 5K in, yeah. So he doesn't know why, just doesn't know. It's one of those sort of mysteries, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know either. It's just, yeah, it's kind of disappointing if you put in. It's, it's mm. the same as a marathon. You put in this massive block. You've, you've done these huge long runs, big workouts, and then something like that happens. Like, it's just, I mean, there's probably there's got to be a reason for it somewhere. But yeah, it's just like five k doesn't make any sense. I reckon mm. the downhill year year would be more brutal than the uphill year. Yeah, like because your quads are cooked. <laughs> like your quads are cooked. You know, think about when you run a flat marathon. Your quads start to get cooked anyway. But then adding the downhills to it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's why it was so hard for it to get home. I think. Mm. But yeah. how about the pace though? Like three forty one. This is hilly. Uh, I'm gonna say like, once these blokes start running the hundred k races, it's all over. It's all over for the um, for that sort of six twelve. I reckon they're going much quicker than that. Oh, the 100K stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. Th- this is 90K race, hilly. Uh, yeah, sure, it's downhill, but the downhill doesn't isn't necessarily quicker like because it's yeah. so harsh. It's like the Boston example, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, that once these guys start – well, once they put some money on in these 100K races, then you'll, you'll see the, uh, the East Africans wake their way over. This is still very um, dominated by South Africans, though, comrades. Yeah. Mm. They're very it strong is. at it when you look at the top 25, yeah. They, I think this um, guy was a security guard, the guy who won. Sleeps like two hours a night, they were saying. It's <laughs> quite have... interesting. How's the history of this race? I know we've banged on about it before, but Croaks, we've got to get you there one year. <laughs> this is your bread and butter, I reckon. <laughs> when you read, when I read, like last week, I'm like, yeah, it's, well, I've mentioned it a couple of times that, you know, in terms of uh, if there's an ultra that I want to do, it's this one. But then you read uh, Watto Strava and you're like, ah. Oh. Nah, maybe, maybe not. You blow up in a marathon at 30K, you've got 12K of battling to the finish line. Mm. You blow up in this at 30K, which is quite possible, you've got 60K <laughs> to get <up>. 60K <laughs> to get through on bastard quads and hurt ego. What gets me is when I think I'm going all right, doing like 35K from a long run. And then you check all these uploads on Strava and you're like, oh, geez, like, these guys are going fast and for way longer. Yeah. Uh, women's race zone, Croaks, you see this? Read this out uh, for me because it's some tricky names. That's why I've given it to you. Yeah, so Russia's Alexandra Morozova, 
she won won the women's event, but there was some controversy. So the organisers tried to prevent her from competing at the last minute, but after a legal challenge, she was allowed to race and she won in 6.17.46, which is 4.13 per kilometre. Um, but she'll have to return to the court in November to see if she will receive her prize money or not. So I'm not sure the history there. Is it something to do with doping? No, because she's Russian. Oh, so right. Yeah, the IAAF are putting a ban on Russian athletes competing oh, in events. Okay. And then, yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So mm-hmm. that's it there. And Moose, the last bit, UTMB. This was all over social media on the weekend. I must admit, yeah. I don't know a lot about it, but they do a fantastic job of the publicity about I see Molly Seidel, like her sponsors had her there. Like yeah, the, brands, the brands see the value here. Mm. And so the brands got a lot of people over, a lot of exposure, a lot of video, that kind of stuff. And it is, it's like the the Super Bowl of ultra marathoning. Mm. We'll call it that. And I mean the 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 king, the superstar won. Um Killian Jornet, he won 14 years after first winning it. Um, Jim Walmsley led. He was the American who sort of wins Western States and is quite fast um, on the flatter stuff. So he was ahead by 20 minutes at one point but ended up coming fourth. Um, Jornet broke his own course record. Oh, no, he broke someone else's course record. 1949 he ran. Um, so he broke Pau Capel's course at record from 2019. Um, it's this guy, he, like we make fun of trail running. This guy is a legitimate superstar. The way he goes uphill, downhill, and goes long and on technical stuff. It, genuine superstar Michael Jordan of trail running world. Mm. That's how good he is. And um, I don't like... I don't care that he can't run that fast over a road marathon. Doesn't matter. This is a different sport and he's that good at it. Not just running moose, like mountaineering. It doesn't he have yeah. like the fastest time up and back Everest or something? Like, you know, he's he's climbed yeah. Everest at like like but doing it at speed. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he went up the Matterhorn. Is it the Matterhorn in? Mm. Oh, it was one of them where he starts in the town and he runs basically up to the top of this mountain and back and it's insane the footage yeah um, he, yeah this this is one event that does not appeal to me though 170 kilometers and over 10,000 meters of vert mm. mate, just like mulligans just like a few laps and a few extra k's oh, oh. and mulligans mate oh. the, the climbs go for like two hours like they're literally climbing up a mountain and they you just start and two hours later you're still on the same climb it, 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 and, and you can be like, at one point, I read a little thing, Killian, I think it was at like the 130K mark, he was feeling shit. So he was about to pull out. Someone came past him and apologized for, um, for passing him. And so he decided to run with him for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they'd both passed Wormsley and all of a sudden he's won it in a course record. So <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you're out there for 20 hours. Yeah. Look at all the shit that can happen in 20. You can have a bad three hour patch and and still come back. You're Um, very right. It's a different sport to what we talk about each and every week on here. Like it's, and yeah, hats off to them. And it's kind of fun to talk about something that's still running, but not like so far from what we know. We should go and watch a crazy one one day. I mean, it's a long day. But going and watching something like this is pretty cool. They seem to do a really good job of the finish line atmosphere and stuff. They like people staying out there forever. 
just yeah. to to cheer in everyone that comes in. Because though these Europe. guys are doing it in you know twenty hours, like I'm sure there's people doing it in. But what's the cutoff be? 60, 80 hours? Don't know. No idea. Yeah. Could be people still out there. Yeah. Now, the American lady, Katie Scheid, won the women's race um, by an hour six. In She won in 23 hours, 15. So that's like 24 hours of running nearly. Um, anyway, yeah, that's, that's UTMB. And that's the week of running news. Should we review some gears, boys? Some gear? You ready to do this? I haven't done a gear review in a while. It's been shoes a bit. But thanks to our Ernie Nold, we're going to be reviewing their long sleeve and their short sleeve uh, top. Moose, you stock these in store, don't you? It's you a do. good story behind, yeah. the, behind this brand, which we'll get to in a second. But maybe tell us a bit more about the product first that you've got hanging on the walls in there. Yeah, well, we were looking for an apparel brand for our store. We, we currently have Nike and Patagonia and Solomon. But we wanted, we wanted local brand. We wanted something that's a little bit sort of different from your generic running brand. Um, and when I say generic running brand, I mean like a big brand. Like we wanted a smaller brand who makes something that looks a bit different. Um, and Ernie Old, like I first saw the Melbourne singlets for Melbourne Marathon last year. It was um, They had like a specific singlet made up. And they were everywhere. And I thought, what is this? What is this Melbourne singlet? Like, it looks really cool. I like, I like how they've nailed the local thing. Um, and then sort of looked them up. I'm like, okay, made in Melbourne. That's pretty epic. And then someone sort of said, yeah, they're from Bendigo, these two fellas. Um, so I uh, actually, that was currently, they were stocking them at the Clifton Hill store. My mate Chris owns that. So I called him. I said, Hey, what's the go here? He goes, yeah, it's really like <laughs> great product, really easy to deal with, no brainer. And so we thought, yep, let's call. And I mean, this is this is the best thing about it is you just literally, I just messaged one of them and, and they said, yeah, cool. And we basically just, it, there's no, it doesn't feel businessy at all. It's just so small scale, these guys, but like they have product that holds their own against the big brands. Didn't um, you, sorry to interrupt, but didn't you make them come down and do a long run because you wanted to check out their uh, personality first? Not, not really, but it was good to meet them in person. I wasn't going to judge them on that. <laughs> um, but, geez, they slid in well to the long run. Good banter straight up. Um, hurt themselves on it. Like I don't think they were that used to the hills and maybe like weren't entirely fit at the time. And um, a couple of the long run were pretty tough. So they both did really well out there. And yeah, like we like it. They visit the coast a bit. So Zave and Simon, they come on in the long runs when they're down um, and yeah, always good value. Yeah. And they are Bendigo boys originally, but I think they're both been in Melbourne for a, for a long time now. So um, they do have those Bendigo connections because the brand Ernie Old is actually a street in Bendigo where the two boys used to meet up when they were kids, I think, like teenagers. When they used to go for runs together, they would meet on this street, which I think, I don't know if they lived on this street, it was in between both their houses, and they'd go for jogs together from this street, which is why they named the brand that. Um, and a fun fact, the bats actually run down that street on the Sunday long run loop. So it's still mm. getting a bit of uh, running action down there. What did you think of the running tee and the running long sleeve though? Ben spending some time in it. Do you guys get one of each? That's what I got in my mailbox. 
Correct. I got yep. one of each. Yep. So. Yep. What, got, you, um, what, year, what year singlet did you get? Singlet. Oh, I didn't a get singlet. a singlet. You bastard. I got a singlet with the you year got a singlet. Yeah. Oh. Oh, why, boys, would you send this bloke the singlet, not Moose Knight? <laughs> ah, I got 2004. Benita. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, Benita's uh, cross-country win. Explain that. So they've got a different range of uh, singlets. Yeah. They've got what other years here? I know I've got it written in front of me. They've yeah. got 1954, 1967, and 2004. So Croce just spoke about the 2004 one was the year that Benita Willis won the World Country Champs. Yep. 1967, um, what happened then? That was Clayton, Derek Clayton breaking 210, breaking the world um, record for the marathon. Yeah. Uh, was it, was that it, Fukuoka? I think yeah, that I was think, the I first think one. You're right. Yeah. First then one. Then, yeah. 54 would be the sub four minute mile, wouldn't it? It was John Landy actually breaking was, yeah. the world record. So, okay. yeah. He's Australian themed. Um, that's, and how cool is that? The coolest, the, the, an added extra coolness to this is that they actually posted one to Derek Clayton and Benita, uh, Benita mm. Willis. And I know on Benita's Instagram on the weekend, she's about to have a baby in two weeks. So she's saying, she was saying she hasn't been able to put it on to go for a run yet, but she can't wait to go yeah. for a run in that singlet. And on the tag that comes with the product, it actually explains like the World Cross Country Championships and how significant that win was for Benita. And I know that they um, did get Derek Clayton's uh, mailing address and sent it to him. They're pretty confident they're not going to see any Instagram stories about that <laughs> one landed on his uh, doorstep. But I thought that was really cool. And it goes to, like, I know it sounds like we're really just frothing this brand, but it goes to show these guys are runners. They care about the history of running here in Australia. They created a really good product about the, um, that, that, that's good to run in. And they're two local guys um, who are just really passionate about producing good quality stuff for runners to enjoy. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. in my notes there, boys, but I just kind of made that up because I'm, I'm passionate about this brand. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. So they got a singlet, they got the run tee which is a short sleeve. And then they got the long sleeve. Um, the long sleeve is brand new. Uh, the, like I tested this out on a run one day, like in summer. Um, I thought as in, in summer, when I go for a long run, the, the top normally lasts like less than half an hour. Um, the longer that I keep the top on, the better quality the fabric is basically. So if I have a top on for a decent amount of time, it means that it's comfortable. It's not too heavy. It's not sticking to me when I get too sweaty. And I, I reckon I got through three quarters of this long run wearing the singlet. Um, and to, like, to me, that was the pass, the pass mark um, in that, like, this is a top that I would wear to race in. And, and I'm pretty picky about my apparel. Uh, so I, I was very happy with um, how it performed in the heat. I, I haven't, run in the long sleeve yet oh i did actually i did a warm-up on in the long sleeve the other day and i bought them a little bigger because i wanted them loose or well i ordered them bigger because i wanted looser um and i i really like the cut like i like a kind of baggier cut in my long sleeves um and this cut suits me perfectly so i'm 181 centimeters 70 kilos odd and i went for a large uh i know jimmy big fella at work he went extra large um, I think he's probably like six, four, maybe uh, bigger, 90 kegs. He's an extra large. Um, and yeah, so anything less than that will be a medium and a small. You boys would have got the smaller, right? Yeah, yeah small. I got the small. Yeah. 
and fits good, I'm a small and everything, and that's that's a standard small. You can feel it, like good quality um, material too, like so, it feels good so in the body. Soft. Yeah, yeah isn't Ita- it? Italian fabric. Ah, yeah, that would make sense then, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so they bring it over. They bring it over from Italy and then make it here. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty, like, I mean, it's not a lot of stuff made locally anymore. Yeah, you can feel the quality the minute you put it on. Um, they do do the Bendigo bat singlets too, Moose. You would have seen yeah. the Bendigo ones. They're very rare. Can't get those. Can't buy those off their websites. But um, they're, they're good supporters of the Bendigo bats as well. Yep. Um, what else do we need to say about it? It's all high end. It's all high quality, ethically made. We're focused on sustainability. All garments are made with high performance fabric, carefully sourced from Italy, which we spoke about, and are constantly engaging with our local and nationwide runners through running events and pop-ups. So um, that's why they're sponsoring this episode of the show because they want to be involved in the running community. As I said before, two wonderful fellas behind this brand, Australia-made, Australian-owned. If you're looking for running apparel, I'd highly recommend Ernie Old. You can find it at selected running companies, Clifton Hill and Geelong, up there at Athletics, and available online. So I'm just on their website now. Jeez, I've just spotted a picture of bloody Zach and Newman on their homepage. Oh, Have you seen this? He got him as a they mustn't have a very big budget for their. Is that uh, Amy Robertson as well? Yeah, I reckon they're paying Amy Robertson all the money, and then um, yeah, just ask Zach to come along for some photos. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Some local runners as their models as well. So a massive thanks to Ernie Old for sending us some product to review on the Inside Running podcast. Uh, Moose on the loose purchase of the week. Oh, uh, well, Moose on the loose. Just wondering. I know it was expensive, but there's a lot of money in Perth. Surely we could have got a Western Australian team coming over to the um, the Australian champs cross country. Do they have no one in the men's or women's open races? Oh, they didn't have a team. Well, I didn't, didn't see them. I didn't. Well, perhaps they did, but no one that I saw finished. No, oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I thought they could have got a team up over there. They were pretty like they got some good runners. Um, and then AA, they captioned one of their photos or one of their um, titles of a, um, in, I think it was it's one of their social media posts says, in a um, performance that required more grit than talent, uh, talking about Seth and um, George's wins, I thought, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit harsh, really. Like, is that what, is that, is that, yeah, legit what they said? Yeah, no, it said, it, in a in a run that required more grit than talent, I thought that's stiff. These are two pretty young, talented athletes right here, uh, and uh, you don't have to downplay talent to highlight their grit, do you? And if um, anything, we just heard from them. Look how much talent they have because they've been in the sport for so little amount yeah, of time, and look f- what they've just done. I've got to find it because I I thought it was a bit of a strange. Um, I thought it was a bit strange. Well, the coverage, while you're trying to find that, the coverage was absolutely terrible. Um, I was sitting at home, had the live results open because I thought that was my best bet of being able to see stuff come through live. I think there was about a 20, 30-minute delay, like the races would finish. And then, you know, I I had an athlete message me as a result before that appeared on the live results. Mm. Like he got back to his um, bag and, yeah, sent me a message before it actually had happened. And I thought, okay, I'll go to their Twitter feed. I think it was 55 minutes since they'd done their last tweet. This is when the open races are happening. You're like, this is the crown in our cross-country jewel here, Australia. 
I don't know if I said that saying right, but you know what I meant. Um, and just the lack of publicity to show these athletes, um, yeah, respect, I suppose, for what they're doing out there, which is terrible. Like, and if you followed us on social media, it got to a stage where Jess Stenson was on the sidelines and she just sent through, do you want some updates? And she would just send us messages, would screenshot it and put it on our Instagram story. But it shouldn't come down to the Commonwealth Games gold medalist um, to be on the side of the course sending inside on no. podcast stuff to then put in our Instagram story for people to understand what is going on during the race. Like fire up your Instagram account, Athletes Australia, or just get a bit of an Insta Facebook Live or something going. Like yeah. when there's nothing provided, all you got to do is the most basic shit to keep the runner nerds like us happy. Yep. It's another, like, it's not often that we get impressed by them, is it? But this is, well, the, the, the prize money was good. That was impressive. I think that was a good move. But it's a year, like we're talking about world cross-country trials happening in, what, four months? And then we're going to have the world cross-country championships here. And it's just like, oh, get this stuff right now when you when you can and it's on a smaller scale. <laughs> anyway. Good. Yep. Good takeover. Anyway, yeah. the, the caption was... Um, Seth and Georgia have delivered gutsy wins over 10K at Oakbank to clinch national titles, reigning supreme on a challenging course that demanded more grit than talent. So it didn't demand talent, this course. That's disappointing. It's disappointing a weird ones. thing to write. It's just a weird way to put it. It is. Well, what about the preview? Uh, uh, was it Brady? You're close to uh, Andy Buchanan. Did, you, did Andy comment on um, the, was it they wrote here that, Andy or Andrew in um, Andy Buchanan would be a popular pick for the unofficial title Australia's nicest athlete. Oh, that's. But as far as, as, far as official titles go, he's a two-time Australian cross-country champion, and he's chasing number three this weekend in South Australia. Mate, How's I'll tell you how nice this bloke is. Let me show you some of the screenshots he sent me. <laughs> <laughs> he's it's a just, nice guy. It's just a weird thing to write, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd argue that a lot of blokes and females in that race are very nice as well. So, like, it's you're playing one off against the other when you start throwing that wine around there. <laughs> like, you met Isaac Hayne. He's a beautiful white guy. Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of the nicest guy. guys getting around. Like, I can't yeah. – Matt Clark, he's a legend. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, we're not going to start comparing who's the nicest guys out of, <laughs> out of the Australian running community. But, yeah, odd one there. Hopefully we get it better. But we've been saying this for years. Um, the next segment, boys, and I might make this the final one because I think we'll skip listening to question this week because it's been a long, long show. But this segment is new to the week. It's going to be going for a few weeks here because the Nike Melbourne Marathon is coming up and this segment is brought to you by the 2022 Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival returning Sunday, the 2nd of October. Run past the city's most loved landmarks and finish on the hallowed turf of the MCG. Secure your spot now at melbournemarathon.com.au. So over the next four weeks and into the lead up to the Nike Melbourne Marathon, we're going to be featuring every week a series to help your training and preparation for the iconic event. How excited are you for Melbourne, fellas? I've got some great memories from there last year and I always enjoy, what are we, five weeks out yesterday, this time building into the Melbourne Marathon. Yeah, best best marathon in Australia, best, best vibes at it. Um, I think it's probably close to the most competitive. It's our home marathon. Uh, so it always just feels like everyone around you is training for it. We got down the river on Sunday in Geelong and I got there early and I could see just people out there with purpose to their running. And you look at them and you're like, 
you're training for Melbourne Marathon. I know without even asking you, you're training for Melbourne Marathon just from looking at him running. In store, every second person, yeah, I'm doing the marathon. I'm doing Melbourne. Mm. They, they actually don't even – this is how iconic it is. They come in and say, yeah, I'm doing the half marathon. And you're like, you're doing Mel- Melbourne <laughs> half? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I'm doing the marathon. You're like, I don't even need to check which one. You're doing Melbourne marathon. Um, so being down on in Geelong, Surf Coast, uh, it is the race that everyone looks forward to and trains for. Yeah, and we said earlier in the show, the state uh, half marathon champs this weekend, there'll be a lot of people doing that at marathon pace or they'll be doing, you know, three by 6K with a few Ks floating there as well. Starting to put in the, you know, five weeks out, people are throwing big hay in the barn at the moment, prepping for this race. So, Croaks, if you're an athlete listening to the podcast, you're five weeks to go, what are you kind of thinking? What are you seeing? Well, I reckon you've only got one or two big long runs to go, so... Um, my athletes generally like in the last six to eight weeks will alternate one Sunday will just be like time on your feet long run. And the following one will be um, some marathon pace stuff. So uh, I've got a few athletes that are just doing a long one this coming Sunday. And then the following Sunday, which will be three weeks out will be long plus some stuff at marathon pace. And then it'll all the hard work's done and taper time. All those little things I reckon you can nail now. I said this before, but like the gels, what you were talking about before, Moose, practicing with Morton because that's going to be on course. So if you want to be able to – um, and that's big, isn't it? Morton on course. Yeah, there's a big deal, this. Like they're not cheap, Morton. Mm-hmm. They know they're a premium product, um, but to, to be able to get them on course at whichever market, I think it's a little – I'm going to say like is it – oh, I should look this up. But, yeah, you've got to start practicing if you want to use that. And that's so, so handy, running with, like, two less gels in your pockets. Oh, I, no one likes running with gels. And so if you can pick them out on course, then that's even better. That's the, one, that's the one thing I'm liking about Melbourne over the last couple of years is they're really building to make this, like, a pretty iconic event. You know, Nike have signed on for multiple years, having Morton as a sponsor, you know, BMW involved, Sri Lankan Airlines. So, They've surrounded themselves by some really good sponsors now, which obviously sponsors bring money, um, which helps put on a put on a bigger and better event. Um, some massive news here we can share about some elites at the Nike at Melbourne Marathon as well this year. I'll start off in the half because the half marathon is looking really strong, particularly the women's half marathon because they got Commonwealth Games marathon gold medalist Jessica Stenson signed on. They've also got Sinead Diver, Aloise Wellings, and Sarah Klein. So that is uh, our four Australian singlet-wearing women over the last couple of months, all going to be lining up in the half marathon. And the big news is that Izzy Bat-Doyle will make her debut in the marathon. She'll be the lead story there. Hoping to have some more elites announced for this segment next week. But, boys, I think a couple of weeks ago I did tell you in Brady's Whispers of the Week, Pretty much every single one of those. I think I had Sinead in the wrong event, but I was pretty close. You were. I'm excited by uh, Izzy's debuts. It's one event where, like, looking back, um, like, Jess Jess had run a couple of marathons before she ran Melbourne, but it was the first time I think she broke two hours 30 there. She ran 227. Um, then we've had Sinead run, you know, what, 225 there. Uh, Lisa Waitman's run 226, which I think at the time was a PB for her in 2013. So um, a lot of our top 
females have posted a pretty quick time at Melbourne. So we'll be interesting to see how close Izzy can get to those girls' times. Yeah, you we think, should know. Do you oh. think she's uh do you think she's trained for it? Well, she pulled out of the um, cross-country championships on the weekend, but then did do a pretty solid long run on the Sunday. Yeah, so she's but coming we off, know marathon training ain't five weeks. Mm. Yeah, she is coming off being running a very good 10K, though. So it's not an issue of fitness, but are you saying maybe she won't be able to top that up in time? I'm just saying the marathon's not a 10K. You reckon we, she's we, just we, dipping her toes in, Moose? Yeah, I do. Pick up, pick up some coin. I'm not sure whether, like... She did 33K at 404s, Crooks. She went faster than me and you on Sunday. Well, the prize money is usually really good 20 at grand. Too, isn't it? 20, 20 grand. grand. So, yeah, I don't, like, I'm not expecting her to go out and run 224. Um, I'm, I'm expecting her to go and maybe feel her way through a marathon that ends up with a nice check. Yeah. yeah. She hasn't run a lot of halves either, has she? Didn't she do Melbourne last year? Not a lot. She runs. She runs good mileage. She does tempo runs. Like she does long track workouts. Like she she can do it. Um, but I just don't think. Like you've got to. You know you've got to respect the marathon. You can't go in with a couple of long runs and 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 try to knock it out of the park. So I think it would be wise for it. You know what she did do though. She paced Nagoya to like thirty k at a pretty fast pace. Remember that. This uh, year? Was that early, like yeah. February? Yeah. Yeah, she did do a bit of a block up at Falls Creek preparing for that too. Um, mm. So there was, like, she's got a history of running, like, marathon training, but it's just not, I mean, you can't do that with championships around, can you? Like the world champs and Com Games. Look at Mona. Mona trained to run the 10K at the Com Games and then ran the marathon a few days later as his debut. <laughs> this is true, Bradley. <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, <laughs> so the events on offer, boys, there's obviously the Nike Marathon, the Nike Half Marathon, the Sri Lankan Airlines 10K, the 118, sorry, 180 Nutrition 5K and 3K Walk. So listeners, if you're out there, be sure to get your entry in at melbournemarathon.com.au. There are limited spots available, obviously, with only five weeks to go. Um, you can register and find all those information all that information at that website and stay tuned over the coming weeks we'll take a bit of a deep dive in the best ways to prepare for race day massive thanks to nike melbourne marathon listen to question we're scrapping croaks so which leaves me with what's coming up got diamond leagues coming up this uh thursday we've spoken about burnley half marathons coming up anything else coming up in your life boys before we switch off for tonight uh well we've all got father's day on sunday Oh, yeah, race a half marathon for Father's Day. That'd be fun. Yeah. Moose, you'll get spoiled, no doubt. Father's Day, yeah. Every day's Father's Day for you, isn't it? Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to have a day off work and feel good because uh, I haven't felt good for a few days, so I'm looking forward to that. You know what could happen this Father's Day for me, Croaks? What's that? Bendigo Bats got to finish at least seventh to win the premiership. We could, be, we could be premiers this, this time on Sunday. You could have a bat tap by midnight on Father's Day. Could. How good would that be for a Father's Day present? Did I tell yeah. you we got a, we got a quote for those? 180 uh, bucks per per bat. Is that good? I don't know how much taps cost. They're like, we're only gonna get like five centimeter like bats. Surely it doesn't cost 180 bucks per one. I think they're pretty expensive. 
No, Maurice, how much did the Chico State one cost? Oh. <laughs> I know inflation's going, like stuff's going up, but 180 bucks, it's going to be the size of my little finger. Yeah. And there's know. 40 of us getting it. So, like, this guy's trying to charge us 40 bucks times 180. Because you're all nerds. And yeah. I know none of you would ever have any idea what a tattoo costs. It'd only be a five minute job. This guy's going to make seven and a half grand in like two hours. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to have to get another quote. But yeah, it could be a big Father's Day for me, fellas. This time next week, I might be missing. Oh, yeah. Well, you reckon, uh, you reckon mad, you're going to Mad, mad Monday. Monday? No, we'll do that after no, the 10. The season's not over. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be over for everyone bar us, mate, because we'll be premiers. <laughs> oh. No, nah, I was playing I that for after. I hope you get DQ'd somehow. <laughs> I'm going to do that after 10, realize silly Saturday, I think we're calling it. Anyway, uh, that's going to be my father's day. Moose, you doing anything? Have I asked you? Not racing, but just getting better. Getting better. Getting better. We'll do it all again next week, legends. We do have an interview next week. Hugh Van Kylenberg, I caught up with him last Tuesday. Um, I was going to put it on this episode, but the episode's going to go for way too long if I put that on there because we have heard from Seth and Georgia. So that will be on next week's episode. It is on Patreon now if you want to get on an early release. Um, so, yeah, a long time. Brady, I enjoyed that. Listen I listened to it, to it on, my, on my Wednesday run last week. Jeez, I was nervous before that one, Crokes. Mm. He's like, I'm a big fan of his work and to talk to him for like 70 minutes. Um, yeah, I was absolutely cacking myself. Those, it, those guys are great to interview because they, you know, they know how to talk. They do a lot of it and, you know, it's, you know, it was, I, yeah, really enjoyed it. And thanks to all the Patreon supporters who did write in with their comments about that interview. Read all of them, and it's very, um, yeah, heartwarming to see those comments. So that was good. Right out. That's episode 252 done. Do it all again next week, boys. See ya. Bye, boys. See ya. Join the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival as it returns on Sunday, the 2nd of October. Watch the city come alive with a distance for everyone all finishing on the hallowed turf of Melbourne's iconic MCG. Their world-class network of experts are ready and raring to help participants through every step of their training journey. From veteran Spartans to building athletes, nothing unites the running community like this iconic event. It's your city, it's your run. Register now to secure your spot at melbournemarathon.com.au.